here's here's an opening for you for you. Uh, CJ, is there any other product we have done before that legitimately none of us like? Because I feel like I think everything we have done before, at least one of us like the thing. I'll, uh, I'll say I think this is the first time I've run something that <laughs> I started thinking I'm not going to like this. Like most of the time I think I'm not going to like this. And then I research it and I'm like, I really like this now. I'm glad I researched this. This is the first one where I'm like, I hate this. This is as bad as I thought it was, if not worse. So, yeah, it's that. Uh, today we're good. doing Bioshock Infinite, and then it rolls. <laughs> it rolls the sequence. Yeah, okay. we're trying something a little bit different here. We're do we're uh, yeah. I'm ready for me to intro. Things. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in the episode. So the the credits are gonna roll, and then I'll be like, oh, and I then I, and then no no. Then I'll explain to you like that's what a cold open is. If you're wondering what a cold open is, when there's a little bit of stuff before the theme song, before we introduce the show and all that stuff. Like that's the cold open. The you title did it already. Right, right. We did it already. Yeah. I was just explaining. That's what a cold open is. I'm aware of what a cold open. We're is. we're so hot. We're hot now, Fran. We I, are. Well, oh, okay. All right. We're, we're ignited. You know, we're oh, in the uh -huh. real episode I feel, now. I feel like I've been suggesting a cold open for a while, and now you're you know. Saying, that's why we. Fine, that's fine. why we did it. I I just did it for you. You were there. We were both right. there. So welcome I'm to thank the you, Lord CJ. You know or no? Yeah. Welcome. Yeah, Fran. Great. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the Lore You Know, um, a podcast where some friends argue and dive into the fantastical and often convoluted lore of media that we grew up with and sometimes, most of the time, love. And here to bring you the mostly correct facts about made-up things this week are me, Fran. Me, Ethan. And I, CJ, have once again been given the great and unholy task of be being the lore master for you guys today. As was said... In the cold open, we're going to, I guess, dissect Bioshock Infinite. It's been a while since this game came out. I guess we're going to retrospect it a little bit. Um, hey, listen, we did the Bioshock episodes. We got some feedback. Do the last Bioshock. And we said no. And then we needed a topic <laughs> for a video, and we said, fine, we'll do it. But we're not going to like it, okay? And then I looked into it more, and I was right. I don't like it very much. But I'm still very neutral, but all right. Yeah, I, I mean, that's because you, you haven't gotten you the, the lore to know Because no, I don't know. I haven't. It's not the lore I know let's, yet. Got let's let's yes. get into it. And, Fran, I think this will be great. I think you can be a uh, like a conscientious observer. Because me and Ethan are going to be arguing. It's like me and Ethan are fighting a war. <laughs> But we're fighting. We're we both want the same thing, but we're both just fighting because we don't know any better. And you don't know you, where else to put your emotions. Exactly. And then just you add each other. You will be sort of the third party that at the end, okay. I'll I'll ask you like, what do you think, Fran? And then you can like give it a grade. Maybe maybe people love that in the podcast. If you just want to be like, is this good lore? Is this bad lore? Is this uh something mm -hmm. I actually kind of like? Yeah. 
So Fine. you can you can how about that? Let's let's try that out and see see how <laughs> see how that yeah. right. We'll see how that goes. Sounds great. Then, okay, so speaking speaking of lore, I'm gonna I'm gonna pop us in with just a quick review of the first two Bioshock games. If you want something deeper, that would be definitely very helpful go for me. Yeah, if you want something <laughs> deeper, definitely go watch the video. But to give you a very quick summation. The first two Bioshock games center around this city called Rapture, mm -hmm. which this super capitalist man, Andrew Ryan, uh, created under the seas so that he could be safe from communists and other capitalists, but ones who pay taxes. Yeah. He's not a fan of that. And it did Neither not go are well. We. We, hate, we hate taxes here. <laughs> Get rid of them. We... Uh, that's not true. No, I, you should I'm not pay. gonna, I'm not gonna say that. You should yeah. pay your taxes. I'm not gonna say that. Uh, We're doing that a goof. Yeah, but, uh, social systems are very important and exist for a good reason. Yeah, and they didn't have any of those in in Rapture, and sure it did. got a little, it got a little stratified, and also they did discover Crazy. how to make uh, magical superpowers, but also in a addictive drug form. Didn't they also and, like, experiment on orphans? Mm -hmm. They sure did, yeah. Fran. Yep, okay. Uh, Not even so, orphans. Yeah. I think like some of their parents just like sold them because it's mm. it's capitalism. Yeah. 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 Hey, it's listen. unfettered capitalism. Listen, this is literally what the tech bros want. They want to be able to buy and sell <laughs> anything. Children. Orphans. Anything. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> They're your kids. You made them. Put them on the chain. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't want but, if you didn't want your kids stolen, you should have put them on the chain. But yeah, so that is that is the world of the first two games. Rapture is this city that's all about, you know, amazing leaps and in inventions, but that are done so without any morals, and so they end up like destroying themselves. Okay. Now Frank and now we're to the folly third of game. man. Yeah. All so right. Ethan Ethan is here. He is um apostolizing the like Anne Randian America of industry and capitalism over there, right? And I and I'm over here and I say, no, no, no. That's not the that's not the right way, Ethan. That's not the right way to do it. I'm over here and I'm saying we actually need more religion in our schools. We need more God mm -hmm. in our mm -hmm. lives. So remember, mm -hmm. in, in Rapture, there's no God, only men, right? Does, does a god a day keep the capitalism away? Is that the ideal? No, no, we want the capitalism oh, and the, oh, and the okay. industry. We, but we oh. just think that we just need more god. Yeah. So okay. Let's let's now go instead to nineteen twelve. You remember nineteen twelve? Uh, it was a great year if you were a white man, and we are going to instead of going deep below the sea, Fran. Uh, let's, uh, let's pretend now that you are Irrational Games and you've already had two video games deep beneath the sea and you think mm -hmm. to yourself, what am I going to do now? And then you go, ah, I know high, high above the clouds, the opposite, because this game is all about being the opposite kind of the other Bioshock games. Also, it's, it's went from one to two to infinity. So. <laughs> that's I guess that's there to denote that this isn't your dad's Bioshock. This is a new Bioshock. It's Bioshock Infinite and but the same universe kind of situation. Oh friend. Well, we'll you, find out, oh, friend. Oh, you just you <laughs> just fucking triggered okay. me so hard, friend. I can't believe you said that. <laughs> I can't believe you would okay, say that I right have, off the bat. 
I'm I so do. angry at you, This Fran. question is probably going to make you upset as well. So question then. Yeah. Um, is this a game like at all in the same timeline as Bioshock 1? Oh, Fran, you made me angry again. You, <laughs> okay. You've really Great. set me awesome. off even a second time, Fran. How oh, dare okay. you? Oh, dear. I will, I will answer your question, Fran, but your question, okay. this one is going to have to wait till the end of the class. At the end? At the end of the, well, I don't know. I don't get to know until the end of this? Two two thirds of the way through the class. How about that? Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. Fine. Trust trust in the syllabus, Fran. No. All right. This is why I wasn't a good student. I need to know now. Fair enough. The year is 1912, and we are, instead of being below the sea, are now high in the clouds in the floating city of Columbia. This city is modeled- Columbia or Columbia? Columbia. As okay. in the Great. the female embodiment of America, Columbia. It's a it's right. a lady. And in the like motion picture produce, production company. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh okay. that's that's the idea. The so American history background, Columbia is actually like a, a she's called the spirit of America. She's used to represent mm-hmm. American ideals. Um, There's a really like famous painting with her like manifesting destiny. Exactly, over... she's a, she's really associated. God, I love lands. manifesting destiny exactly. so much. She's associated yeah. with American exceptionalism and manifest destiny and uh, just being an industrial superpower most of the time. Because... It's a really good branding story of the 1800s, right? For sure. Well, and if we really want to get into it, originally Columbia did represent the Americas. They had like one lady figure that kind of represented each of the continents that they knew about, but she was a savage who was a cannibal. (laughs) And then when they started colonizing it with white people, they're like, oh, we don't want the person representing us to be a a cannibal savage lady. We're going to have her be white and cool now. So, oh dear. Yeah, it's a little little bit of history behind that one too. Yeah, they do a lot of that kind of stuff. I'm sure this game's filled with it. But- so Columbia, the city, is based on the idea of an American exceptionalism. You'll hear that all the time if you listen to anything about Bioshock Infinite. They say it a billion times. It's all about American exceptionalism. Um, but aesthetically, it's based on the the World Fair. Generally speaking, the World Fair that they are like hearkening to is a, an aesthetic of like pure white buildings um in the neoclassical style which is like the mm-hmm. the like greek style with like columns and and all of the the greek architecture kind of stuff um and so that that's where our story takes place in like this floating turn of the century american aesthetic mixed with like the neoclassical aesthetic um mm-hmm. of what like they believe that culture cultural buildings will look like the greek buildings even though, again, if you look at cultural buildings like Greek buildings, they actually were very colorful and painted and not completely white. Turns but out. That just yeah. happened to wash away with time. But, you know, whatever. But America it's... loves that architecture style, hence all of the monuments in D.C. And they and love. Everything looks like. White stuff. They love things that are pure white because <laughs> white is the color of purity. And white is right. It is. Um, and that's a lot about what the what Columbia is is based on. Um, so originally, I mentioned the World's Fair. The city of Columbia was created to be a part of the Chicago World Fair, which is again a mm. real event. The Chicago's World Fair started in 1893. It was also called the Columbian Exposition, which is where the name mm. comes from. Oh, and a uh, fun Chicago fact: 
that expo for some reason is why they have one of the four stars that they have on their Chicago flag. I don't know why they just wanted to put a new star on their flag for having an expo, but it was the third of the four stars. Yeah. Well, the four star was just a different expo they had. So what? Was this World's Fair the one where like shit kept breaking? Like in real life, I remember there was a World's Fair. And mm. that was just like, fun. well, we'll get to some of that, Fran, but don't worry. Okay. All right. Um, I need real American in, history. Real in part. the Bioshock <laughs> Infinite Universe, the the city of Columbia was created for the Chicago's World's Fair in 1893. And it again, it was like to represent the ideals of American industry and to show off like we Americans in our industrious spirit were able to create this, a beautiful floating city, perfect and eternal that floats among the heavens. And, um, and so they basically toured the city around the world as like a, a moving world's fair to just show off how great America is. Hence the American exceptionalism. I can't Sounds very I, American. I can't yeah. stress enough the theme of American exceptionalism because that's what the game is trying. It's really like, get it? You know how like Americans think American exceptionalism was cool? And it's like, yeah, I know. I read a textbook in high school. <laughs> Before everything was considered CRT. Yeah, no, <laughs> maybe the textbooks are actually really bad now. So I, maybe this is the read first time. a textbook time. from the 90s. Maybe this is the first time you're hearing about it. And God, if you're hearing about some actual like civic stuff from our shitty podcast for the first time, A, I feel really bad for you and I'm sorry, but that is not a good place for a country to be in. But we will do our civic duties and describe to you <laughs> all of the things that the, the people who make textbooks don't want you to know anymore. That we're like, we're going to yeah. get a, they have a banned book list. We're going to be a banned podcast list. We're going to be the first on the list. That will be our distinguishing award. Excellent. Ooh. It's going to be hard for me to kind of pick the order I want to tell you things in. Um, so okay. I'm going They're to- They're not just a storyline? I'm going to kind or? of follow the storyline of the game, <laughs> and then we'll, we'll bounce back to some of these things as needed. How about that? So okay. the city of Columbia exists, and mm-hmm. it's, it's floating around. And then there was another real-world event called the Boxer Rebellion. Yes. Fran, do you want... <laughs> God damn it. Do you, do you want to guess why they called this the Boxer Rebellion? I'll give you a hint. It has to do with Chinese people. I, I do know it has to do with Chinese people. I uh-huh. don't... Was it a racial term? Uh huh. I don't know about. Kinda. Oh, no. Yeah. There's so many. I don't know. <laughs> this one, I, w- um, I would, I would call this one on a, a rating from like mild to spicy for race, for like racism. I would call it like a lemon pepper amount of no. racial spiciness. So it's not like I, the most racist is, thing. Is boxer like a racial term for Chinese people from this era? Kinda, but do you know why? They don't the box. Be- the best part about you asking this is that, like, um, any a guess could be like way more racist. <laughs> like, it's a it's a landmine. Like, that's why. That's why I asked Fran because whatever she says, it's fine. <laughs> For those listening, I am half Chinese. If you it's can't true. figure that out, um, so you can't figure it out by her voice alone. <laughs> she gets um, to guess what boxer. I means. can only assume that they like were 
some of the underpaid workers within like the shipping industry or something. Nope, nope, you're way and wrong. Maybe they like, got were, that name as a result. Were, you were way closer before. It's because Fran, Chinese people do martial arts. They punch and kick. You know, Are like you they me? they box. <laughs> Seriously, they're boxers. <laughs> they're boxers. They're boxing. That's they're... what Americans decided. So up until what? I guess <laughs> it would have been. That would have been outraged so much... American history at this point. We're that... not even in the game yet. I I vote that we oh rename God. this the Kung Fu Rebellion because <laughs> no. that sounds way no. cooler. So up, apparently <laughs> no. up until fairly recently, <laughs> Americans <laughs> called Chinese martial arts Chinese boxing because that I yep, guess that's sure, just sure. what they had. And so the Boxer Rebellion was named that because all these Chinese people are doing all these punches and kicks. What are they, boxers? Jeez. <laughs> Uh, and so that's oh that's gosh. why it's called that. And they just never changed the name, I guess. So, oh. you know. Anyway, okay. this, this was a real event that happened uh, where a bunch uh-huh. of Chinese, I guess, protesters, you can call them, or uh, I guess nationals would be another good name. Um, but they, it, Hold on. Were the Chinese fighters? rising up against the Chinese themselves? Like, it was tri- like... It was rebellions within the Chinese government. We're so. we're gonna come back and talk about the Boxer Rebellion a little later, also, Fran. But, but for the most part, oh the Boxer Rebellion. I hate the Boxer Rebellion is listed as a quote <laughs> uh, anti-imperialist, anti-religious, and anti-foreign sentiment among the Chinese people. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's and, that's. Yeah. And so and this was this was like a real world event where basically a bunch of white countries that were colonizing within China uh China got really mad and a lot of like, their out. a lot of their uh lower class people originally and then a bunch of the like actual governmental leadership eventually got behind this cause of basically just like killing and kicking everyone out of there. Uh and so by boxing Right, by boxing them yeah. and punching them in the face and stuff like that. But because they can only fight using boxing, not with anything else. Yeah, well, it was I a assume. bunch of like Chinese peasants, so for the most part, they didn't have a lot of weaponry. So yeah, they were just like punching and kicking people, but they were doing it okay. very cool. So cool that we decided to call them boxers, which is one of the highest honors we can give. Oh god. <laughs> okay. But I'm just this happened in the history. this happened in the real world. This is real. Yep. Like, yep. I'm just outraged at global history. history. It's fine. Um, but in Bioshock, <laughs> in the world of Bioshock, uh, the mm-hmm. city of Columbia exists, and Columbia is run by a guy named Zachary Hale Comstock, and he says, "I don't like that this boxer rebellion is happening because it's anti-American. So I am going to intervene with my floating city." Uh, Sounds and, pretty damn American, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it, yeah, re- yeah, it yeah, really yeah. does, doesn't it? So <laughs> he he goes and he does. He intervenes with the uh, the Boxer Rebellion. Um, he sends one of his uh, kind of top military guys down there to uh, like deal with it, and then they take a bunch of casualties. It's like thirty people, I think, that they <laughs> killed during the Boxer Rebellion, like the. 30 Colombian people who are killed during the bo- the Boxer Rebellion. Uh, and so Comstock, the leader, decides he's just going to carpet bomb China using his advanced floating city technology. Uh, and then he does that. Well, and okay. it's, it's worth mentioning, I think, CJ, that the American government tells him not to do that. Yeah. And okay. he does it well, anyway. That's, yeah. that's good. 
Yeah, in, is, in, a, in a very this game released in China in a very strange narrative di- in a very strange <laughs> narrative exactly. dissonance the American government is very upset by this and oh. says you really shouldn't have done that even though we were kind of doing that so <laughs> they they say Comstock you put your city back down on America and we're gonna deal with you like we we're retaking the city which really pisses off Comstock and so he says you know what? No, I have a flying city. I'm just going to do the world's easiest secession. And so he just just flies really high up into the sky (laughs) and declares his own nation state. It's 1912. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Um, (laughs) So yeah, he just secedes from the union and decides I'm going to make a- He pulled a Texas. Yeah, he says, I'm going to make a more perfect America, but this time with more religion. Uh, Sounds and, like Texas. And, and more yeah. slavery. That's right. And so he takes up the moniker as prophet. Uh, he is. Oh, that's a good way to start. He is. He has declared himself prophet Comstock, and he and his wife, Lady Comstock, are in charge of Columbia, the floating city in the sky that was once part of America, but has now seceded because of their intervention in the real life Boxer Rebellion. Cornelius Slate is his military guy who he sent to go intervene in the Boxer Rebellion. Um, Great. He just has a military guy with him. You know. Yeah, yeah. Every, Private contractors. nation you know. state needs a military guy. He is now upset with Comstock as well because Comstock has taken... Uh, he is going around saying that he not only is the reason that they did a good job in the Boxer Rebellion, He's taking credit for that, even though Cornelius was the guy down on the ground who was fighting and his men were the ones dying and stuff like that. But Comstock is also saying that he was pivotal in another real-life battle, the Battle of Wounded Knee, which is where America decided to wipe out a bunch of American Indian people because they were being threatened. They were coming right at me, so they just (laughs) killed a bunch of them. The Castle Doctrine. Yeah, kind of, except it was their castle, and, you know, they were in it, but they were like, ah, these guys, they're savages. So they, uh, he's mad, he's like, this guy's all about stolen valor. He said he was at that battle, I was at that battle, he wasn't there, and I was on the ground in China, and he wasn't there either, and he's taking credit for that, and so he's really pissed off, and he has become like a dissonant to Comstock. Now, uh, I will once again reiterate to any listeners, uh, if this is the place that you're learning about any of these events, American history or read, just like world history some more events. Um, mm-hmm. I hope that you like go on YouTube and watch like Crash Course World History mm. and like US history. <laughs> That's top notch. Great channels. Yeah. Highly recommend. Um, Ru- I mean, I guess, I guess get as yourself long out of your like, textbook. <laughs> sure, sure. As long as we're throwing down, uh, you know, little warning signals here as well, we should say that. Uh, this this it's not gonna the things that CJ has started describing they're not gonna get better. Uh, yeah. Also, that is like an actual summary of what and happened. I, and I, it, I, like I, it's not it has <laughs> embellished. I really do want to bring these things up though because like the game developers clearly wanted these themes. They wanted to bring up these like real world things, and then they do just the most awful dog shit way of like tying that into anything. Like it's to no avail. Mm-hmm. But you should it's, know at the very least what they're trying to do, I guess. 
Is that fair? Do you do you feel that that's fair? Yeah, sure. we can get we sure, can get yeah. some artist I, intent to it. I don't know I, if this <laughs> could be considered art. Artist, yeah. artist attempt. Creator's yeah. intent. Maybe like Is the okay? desire of that intent, but um with, all right i guess let's we'll, we'll get into it but yeah you yeah. you've been warned okay, well, this one so is, far is, uh, i've just spent my this one's time good. This one's a good history this one yeah this one's gonna be a good tie in just to regular american history so that's great you know what <laughs> if that's the legacy of this game is this podcast that's not bad we can make it okay <laughs> as long it, as it's just, not the okay. legacy of the you, game itself you say that, CJ. Keep going. All right, keep going. I, you haven't gotten to the parts where I want to shout yet, so. I know. Well, we'll I've yeah. already shouted, so we, we've, that's we've, just American this, history. Uh, in, in classic Us format, we haven't even gotten to the game yet. Like, this is all just the background <laughs> knowledge before you start playing. Okay. But okay. We have, uh, um, uh, what the fuck's his name? Uh, we have Corne- Cornelius. We have Cornelius, um, who is against Prophet Comstock. And they're all in Colombia now. And uh, Comstock, obviously, in keeping with the whole profit aesthetic, is, is kind of like deifying American culture. He is saying that the founding fathers are all saints, like saints in the church sense. Um, he's saying that the American ideals that he's preaching are like the tenets of the ultimate purist religion. And he is sort of the shepherd of all of them, the prophet. Uh, and so everything that is part of kind of the American mythos, like the creation around America and its founders and everything like that, becomes kind of reified into this new religion that Prophet Comstock is in charge of, where he oh is boy. he is trying to make a perfect utopia high above, as he says, Sodom below, which is now what he calls the ground area where they have seceded from, which, mm-hmm. remember, if Fran, we're going to do more real, uh-huh. more real life Bible stuff. You remember what Sodom is? I, uh, yeah. I know it's the root word of sodomy. That's right, Fran. It's a city where all the sinners butt lived stuff. and then God blew it up. Yeah, why I, is it associated with butt stuff? Though? Because that's some of the uh-huh, sins they were doing the in the city. Okay. One of the big ones. They didn't like that one. So God is not an ass man. No, he put your yeah. cum button in your ass to test your faith. And it's if true. you like the anal sex, you have failed and you go That's to true. hell okay. now. That's true. That's just how it works, Fran. Okay. I'm sorry to say. Okay. Ethan's exactly right. <laughs> I'm already am, a heathen. Yeah. I don't really differentiate at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so, Prophet right, Comstock is going around saying, uh, uh, "Listen, guys, everything that's down below on the earth—that's that's Sodom, all right." And but okay. we we're the chosen <laughs> we, people. We will be How we will be people? up high, as if in a tower of Babel, if you will. <laughs> yeah, something. How like that. many people are in the city that's going on tour? <laughs> Tens of thousands, maybe. Yeah, imagine like downtown okay. Chicago, so like they, around they, the turn they, of the century. So okay. Who are the people living in this? Like, is it everyone of high socioeconomic status? Like, they bought plots of land on this high city, or like, who is who are the people? What is the demographic? Yeah, you know what? Let's talk about. It's kind of what I need to know here. Let's let's talk about the demographic. What masses is he trying to control? This is actually a very good uh, slice of uh, like the the ethnic makeup of actual America. So there are, uh, you know, there's plenty of people of color. Uh, there's plenty of white people, but 
as this happens in American culture, uh, basically immediately there becomes a stratification between white people and everyone else. And all of the white people get to live this like perfect life of, uh, you know, this, this new religion that they're basically preaching while all of the lower class working class, you know, undesirables yeah. in society, <sighs> the black people all immediately get relegated to a slave like working class that, is basically making everything run behind the scenes with no representation. I want to not not just basically immediately, but that was like the intent from the start. Yeah. So when like he be, when how he did he get anyone prophet, to agree to be part of this? Well, they. I, guess. I, I mean, they wouldn't have known to start. Like he seceded, and he has yeah. this loyal like, military people keeping everything in line. Right. He has a military. Keeping on his the own island, right? Keeping his own population yeah. in line. Um, I'm just because, like, these people had to be paraded around the world hmm? to be, show off American exceptionalism. Well, and like, I'm just curious as to how many people he managed to you would, agree to be. Floated you would probably be used to that in a certain sense, you know, just as like the baseline amount of racism that exists in America, right? But to to like go the next step further within our story, um. Prophet Comstock and Lady Comstock are the the leaders of of this this city, right? Um, but mm-hmm. the the prophet knows that without a strong heir uh, mm-hmm. to to his like you know his nation basically that he's creating, um, then mm-hmm. it, it won't last. And so mm-hmm. he and the Lady Comstock uh, need to have an heir. And so that is where. Our character Elizabeth comes from. She is the daughter to the prophet and lady Comstock, and she is a miracle baby. Uh, the prophet is going around saying that she was that his wife, Lady Comstock, was pregnant with Elizabeth for only seven days before giving birth to her. So she's a literal she's a literal like Bible baby. Um, okay. And then to to get to your point of like where this kind of police state came from. Um, after Elizabeth was born, um, their housemaid, who was a black woman, uh, went and killed the lady Comstock. Um, oh. Daisy Fitzroy was their scullery maid, and she killed Lady Comstock in a, in a fit of, of rage and jealousy and, you know, the lower class trying to take what actually belongs to the upper class. And so the prophet used that as a very easy excuse to yeah. institute police state into, okay. into the city. So once, okay. once he became, you know, he like had this golden child that was supposed to be the like savior of the city. They called her the lamb and she was supposed um. to be, the 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 next person to lead the city and everyone loved her and then her mother was killed by this black woman and so okay. now they you know now it makes sense that oh well the police have to keep order so you know let's give them any amount of leeway to do whatever they want to do that i'm a, a white person i feel safe by this this is great you should think of this place a lot more like the civil war south the people who are being police stated are people of color, abolitionists, and also and we do hate the Irish in this one also. Yeah, oh. that one's fun too. We keep that. It's the turn of the 19th. 
in the okay. 1900s. So okay. right. Yep. Um, Got it. But yeah, I mean, again, this is all way before like the civil rights movement even was a yeah. you know a twinkle in anyone's eye. So you know, it just it was very racist. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about the city. Um, the city flies. That's pretty weird. How's that happening? Also, there's a bunch of weird advanced technology that we didn't have in the 1900s. What's up with that? There is a scientist by the name of Rosalind Lutice, and she is a, a, a quantum scientist. She is big on quantum mechanics, which again is turn of the century kind of physics. Um, but she discovered uh, this uh, field, she calls it the Lutice field, that creates quantum levitation which is the magical video game way to tell you that it can make stuff float and it just does that and you don't need to know anything else yeah i figured this is just like steampunk hand wavy it's basically it is a very steampunk aesthetic functionally yeah yeah and so she invents this lutece field and that's the reason that columbia can float Float. around without any other you know somehow move right but she like is also she she is also kind of at the forefront of a bunch of this like quantum mechanics fuckery that just kind of gives rise to a bunch of advanced pieces of technology that mm-hmm. is again really feeds into this idea of like industrialism and like oh look at all this cool shit we have this really is a paradise blah 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 like it's a it's mm-hmm. great if you're if you live in the city it's great if you're a white person and so Rosalind Lucise is going to be a big character throughout the game as a as the player you meet her pretty early on and you also meet her counterpart uh robert lutice who seems to be like her twin brother there they do like weird they're always doing like weird coin flip experiments in front of your face all the time and it's really annoying and you want them to leave but that's (laughs) that's kind of like not yeah that's kind of their character trait they're they speak in riddles it's so annoying i hate them Right, yeah. They don't quite finish each other's sentences, but they speak like, I already knew what you were going to say, brother. Ah, I already knew what you were going to say. Like, oh, yeah. okay. That's annoying. Yeah, it is, it is very <laughs> annoying. Um, yeah. And then one final thing to top all this, like the groundwork off, uh, there's these things called tears, and they okay. are these just kind of weird portal things that will appear every once in a while throughout Colombia. And the Lutices tell you that this is like a thing that they uh, have been experimenting with and that these tears are tears in the fabric of space time. And you as the player are supposed to be like, oh, I guess that's why they have a bunch of futuristic stuff because they can see into the future with these reality tears and that makes new technology sure i sure i will suspend my disbelief as this city is suspended (laughs) in the air yeah i yeah once the city started floating you got to suspend quite a bit of disbelief right um so the only other main player we need to know about before we get to the actual city is the vox populi um that's a rebellion group led by the uh daisy fitzroy the scullery maid who killed the lady comstock she is basically gathering as much support as she can to rebel against the um how much time has passed 
In the video between, game or in the between murdering the wife of the prophet dude and now, I guess um, now being well, the video yeah. game start. El- like Elizabeth is sixteen years. Yeah, Elizabeth is like a un basically a, a young adult at this point. Okay, the police um, state's and- doing a really bad job then. No, they're doing a great job because all of these rebellions are failing. They're yeah, they're but all they in let the-, the leader of the rebellion that killed. The yeah, they can't seem to find her. Go. She's she's on she's on the lamb. She's hidden somewhere. Yeah, um, which like, she I gets, feel like that part of the police state's doing a real bad job. Yeah, well, they're not too worried about it as long as everything kind of like stays in order, right? And okay. and so now we get to the year 1912, and everything is in order. And uh, this is the this is the Columbia that is the setting for our video game. And as the player of this video game, you come into uh, I, I guess you're rowing a boat towards a lighthouse, which is a reference to a previous Bioshock game where you are next to the lighthouse to start. Uh, but in this one, you go up instead of down. So that's pretty cool. But you... <laughs> okay. But you... <laughs> I hate it. It's stupid. <laughs> you get to the lighthouse and there's a sign that says, we have some gods and kings and mm. also man. It's like, I don't understand this side. So in this game, you are Booker DeWitt. Uh, Booker is a uh, a private investigator, a PI. Um, he used to work for the Pinkerton Agency, put another pin in that as a real world thing that we will talk about in a little bit. Uh, um, are we going to talk about how they went after a man from Magic yeah, the Gathering Oh, yeah, yeah, we are going to Fran. Hell yeah. Um, but... <laughs> But he has been he has been hired by uh, someone, uh, a benefactor, to go into the city of Columbia and retrieve Elizabeth and bring her to New York City. And we are led to believe that Booker is in a lot of debt, and that if he does this, then he will his debts will all be paid off. It's basically a clean slate for him. So he has a lot of motivation yeah, he, to do that. He keeps having like this weird like flashback memory thing of like someone's telling me bring us the girl and wipe away the debt yeah and he's like okay he says all right if you say I... so um <laughs> and he is uh he's a little traumatized he's a little bit of a drunk and a little bit of a gambler which is why he's in so much debt and <laughs> I thought you were gonna say, which is why he's a private eye. Which is why he's a private eye. <laughs> it's no. just, he just fits the mold pretty well, you know. So he just got into that business. He was fired from the Pinkerton agency for being too aggressive with picketers. Now, okay, you oh, know what? I what? will talk about the real world stuff right now, okay? Because what? that's that's his legitimate reason. For for being fired as a regular like member of the Pinkerton agency is why he's a private eye now instead of working for a instead of working for someone. So the Pinkertons did one thing, and they prevented the assassination of President Lincoln once during what is the the failed Baltimore assassination, which is like a big famous story, and you can look up the drunk history about it, and it's very funny. But they did one thing. And then they just rode off the coattails of that for the rest of history, because throughout history, the thing that they're most notable for is being a bunch of anti-union, like, 
picket line busters. Mm-hmm. Like that's all mm-hmm. they did. They were famous for like infiltrating unions so that they mm-hmm. could destroy them from the inside. Most recently, um, they've been found to have agents within Amazon and Starbucks so that they can prevent them from unionizing. And as Fran mentioned, in this <laughs> last year, they went and they broke some Magic the Gathering nerd's kneecaps because he got the game too early and he like released a video of him opening the packs and they came to his house and like busted him up a bunch. It's that Pinkertons. Yeah. Yeah. It is crazy... It's crazy weird to me because like I I associate the Pinkertons with like a cartoonish level of evil, right? They are. And like yeah, I mean they are, right? But it's just like the concept that it can come to light that a company is working with the Pinkertons and that that isn't like immediately just shuts that company down, you know, that it like it's it- I have I have then, two thoughts. I have two yeah. thoughts. One, uh-huh, I think uh-huh. Irrational Games is like pro Pinkerton, anti. <laughs> you think right? so? Okay. That's the first one. Two K Games. I'm oh, sure we're if you get look, into that. not unionized. <laughs> uh, second, second thing. Once again, dear listener, um, if this is the first time you're hearing about Pinkertons, find yourself some other just, educational just, content other than this podcast. They're gonna and have some. Your they school have a, textbook. They've got a really good. Wikipedia. It doesn't even have like a controversies tab. It just says history and it's all the garbage shit they've done. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but, but yes, please anyway, read something outside of school. The, the idea that these guys were like, oh no, you were too harsh with those picketers. We're, fi- <laughs> we're firing you, Booker DeWitt. So that's the kind of like cartoonish backstory we're already dealing with. Great. It's I'm I'm not going to talk about it anymore, but like that's the kind of shit that gets to me as far as people who are like, no, this game's actually really good. They use a lot of real world inspiration. It's like that is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. So it could be that the people who made the game only vaguely remembered things from their U.S. No, history no, no, textbook no. We're, growing up. Also, we're gonna no, we're gonna get no. Fran, do not dumb. I try do to not even attempt do not attempt to defend these people. We'll get to okay. the end and we'll see if you want to defend these people, okay. but. Yeah. Let's get through the whole thing. Once again, I've just been mostly outraged at history. Yeah, I understand Uh this so far. All right, we'll we'll get to we'll get to history, don't worry. All right. So So Max Pinkerton turned private. I got it. So this we learned this throughout the course of the game, but I'm just gonna tell you up front because you know, we can just get behind his tragic backstory. But um he was a soldier in the American army. Um and he took a flashing back to the wounded knee incident we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. He was there, um, which is not great because he's a white guy, um, but he's part American <laughs> Indian. So me and him oh, are actually very is similar. He? Wait, is he? Yeah, he For is. real? Yeah, he is. I did like not that. remember that. So Booker, oh my God. Booker is by blood part American Indian, and so his fellow <laughs> soldiers believe that he wasn't up to the task to kill an Indians because he he would be too sympathetic. So what he decided to do was kind of go the other <laughs> way with it and oh. do, do a lot of war crimes against them, oh. which gave him the nickname the White Engine, which is very good. Like Engine actually or Indian? Nope. 
the white engine because he <laughs> Is that was, an actual term people be, used? Because he would scalp his enemies who were also oh. engines. So he's oh. he's a good and he's one of us. He's a white engine. <laughs> he's, he's just oh. he's pulling the scalp off of this guy and he's like, uh I'm I'm part Indian, so I can I'm part uh, engine. This is so not appropriation. This, this oh, is just no. regular <laughs> violence. Okay. Um, so he did, he did all this oh. stuff at Wounded Knee, which again, very tragic incident that happened between, uh, the, the nation, the forming nation of the United States and the indigenous peoples. And he, uh, it traumatized him. So at least he got traumatized. I guess he felt deep regret <laughs> and remorse, uh, for doing all those war crimes. And uh -huh. so he Did he actually feel remorse for his actions or remorse that they were upset with him for doing the war crimes? No, no, he was upset with himself. So okay. no, he was praised as a hero. Sometimes misplaced. Oh, no, people every, love that. Too. Oh yeah, okay. he was praised as a war hero. I thought as uh, war crimes, someone would actually have been upset with him. No, it's America, friend. You can do war crimes as fine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, as long as you're white. Correct. Or accepted as white. Mostly white. Um, and so he, this is where he also came across the, uh, the other guy, the Corporal Slate guy, um, from earlier, wh who was accusing Comstock of the, the stolen valor. Um, mm -hmm. so that's why, that's why he knows Comstock wasn't there because he was there. And so was, so was DeWitt. And, mm -hmm. um, and so he is, uh, he's deeply regretful for his actions. He goes to this, like, baptism at the river thing, which is a thing that Catholics do to, like, I don't know, recruit more Catholics because in the original Bible story where Jesus is baptized, it's in a river by John the Baptist. Okay. And so there's this preacher this there. like a born again well, there's the, there's situation? Well, there's this preacher there, and he's like, you come into the water and wash your sins away. And he's like, oh no, a little dip in the water won't wash <laughs> away the terrible things I've done. Um, and so, he, and so he kind of leaves, he, I mean, he leaves the, the army. He leaves the church. He like kind of puts all that aside. He meets a lady, which is nice. And okay. they have a baby together. Uh, but right. his wife, but his wife dies in childbirth. Uh, As and happened often. And this drives him to to drink and gamble, and hence that's where all of his uh, gambling debts piled up. Um, and oh. so, and so can he's. I, am I allowed to guess things? You can guess things, Fran. Is Elizabeth his daughter? That would be impossible, Fran. If that's if they were in the same timeline as the original one. All right, Fran. You've popped this case wide open. You're a bit of a you're a bit of a detective I yourself. Like I see. You could have. You could have. That's that's okay. All right. We'll we're get, we're we'll about we're about two we're about two thirds of the way through. We promised, Ethan. We promised. All so, right. Friend. Okay. So all Elizabeth right. is his daughter. We we haven't even and... gotten into the heavy stuff yet, but let's all, do it. All right, friend. You remember you remember the Lutices? Yeah. The well, scientists they, that are annoying, sure. They they were dealing with quantum mechanics, right? But what yep. they were also working on were these tears that keep appearing throughout, mm -hmm. throughout and the they the area. Reached through a tear, grabbed a baby, and gave it to the prophet. They were able to determine that these tears were linked to other dimensions, other places, at other times, okay. and. 
we find out that the Lutices are not actually brother and sister. They're uh, the same person from different dimensions, oh Fran. Oh my gosh. And so, <laughs> and so they were talking to each other through the tear, because they were both researchers in their own dimensions, mm. sharing research until the point where they were able to open portals between the dimensions. Okay. And they were able to both travel between them, and then that's how they both, you know, came Ended to live together. Place. Okay. And so Father Comstock was really into this because another, uh, let's do another little Catholic quiz, Fran. Okay. Uh, if the founding fathers, if the founding fathers in this American religion are saints, but he's a prophet, what's the difference? Oh no. Um, prophets are like the prophet Muhammad and Jesus is sometimes I mean, considered a prophet depending on the religion, whereas not, saints. You have you like, have you've said no, you're failing Catholic uh, Catholic <laughs> tests if that's what you're trying to do. You just named two not you prophets. Don't, yeah, no, uh, yeah. The, the, uh, just just a is just it a in note, other religions that they're prophets? The do, you, do not ever bring up Muhammad on your Catholic test. Okay, <laughs> that was but way that was that like, was way later. There's like Saint Peter and Saint. Vincent yeah. DePaul. Do you know do you know what makes you a prophet, Fran? You prophesized something uh -huh. Uh -huh. that yeah. come to pass. Yes, Fran, you predict the future. Whereas a saint are saints martyrs? Uh, only usually, sometimes martyrs. Usually, but Okay. But you're right, Fran. <laughs> prophets prophets prophesize. They can tell the future. And okay. Comstock here isn't just a prophet in name. He seems to have actual knowledge of the future that he ah. relays as prophecies to his flock. Oh, and that's how he gets people to follow him. Okay. He's able to look into these tears that the Lutices have made in order mm -hmm. to see alternate varieties of the future in order to prophesy different things that will come to be in order to mm -hmm. make manifest technologies that shouldn't exist for many years and mm -hmm. to generally plant himself as you know the guy he's that's the guy who's got all the answers deal for him. yeah that's a pretty good yeah. deal for him it's working out pretty good for him right yeah. Fran? yeah and so that's that's why he's that's why everyone says he's a prophet they're like oh Except my for god maybe the impotence of not being able to conceive a child on his own but you know that's well, we, that's a side but, issue but you don't know that fran I'm pretty sure if someone's pregnant for only uh, seven days it was not your baby yeah so <laughs> he does a bunch of other cool so, stuff yeah. why how come that puts are, me up you are you are right, friends. So, uh, using using the thing to see through the tears, it lets him see the future, but that it does impotent? make it makes him sterile and it artificially ages him. He looked like a very old man, but oh, he's like not legitimately that old. makes him sterile. Yes, yeah. yeah. He oh is, shit, is, that wasn't he, a he bit. Is, That's like no, actually he is, in game. He is actually sterile, which is why. When the Lutices completed oh. their research on how to travel between dimensions, they decided to go into Booker DeWitt's dimension and take his daughter and bring them into their dimension and give them to the prophet as his daughter. Wait, and so is that... Hold on, hold on. That's why he... Okay, hold on, hold on. Yeah. They, yeah. him and the dude, other military guy, are not from this dimension then because they both are going, well, that dude wasn't at that battle. 
that's because yeah. they were in a battle oh, in a different dimension. Fran, are you telling me that storytelling that doesn't follow a linear timeline is actually very confusing and stupid? So, no, I'm just trying to explain why they didn't see the prophet at the battle. All right. You're you're close, Fran. You're you're is it, you're flirting you're, with the truth. You're getting you're getting close, Fran. He also could be stealing valor, but that's also why he they don't remember him there. All right. Some other things uh, we'll, we'll some other things we'll talk about Elizabeth. Uh, she has control over these tears, at least a little bit. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, she can. She wants to leave uh, Columbia when you meet her, which uh-huh. makes it easy to like take her back. You know. Yeah. Um, but she is housed inside of this place called Monument Island, which is this big device around it called the Siphon, which the Lutises made in order to siphon off her powers so she can't teleport away. I feel like you're skipping over the part where her powers come from, CJ, which is one of the best parts. Yeah, well, no, I would would never skip over it, Ethan. I would never skip over it. But she, she Play has her character's daughter is Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. You, you mm-hmm. as again as you she play has through the game, right? As you play okay. through the game, you kind of, you start to learn. It, it's one of the more obvious things because he's like, oh, my daughter. Yeah, I, 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 her mother died in childbirth, and I had to give her away, and. And then she's, and he, they're like, well, how old would she be? And he's like, oh, she'd be about your age, I think. It's like very stupid. So it's really like thick. Yeah, no, it's, like, it's like not that hard to figure out. Okay. It's, it's weird. It's, but, they, but they really build it up like this big thing because you, you clearly are not supposed to fuck this girl. Listen, in a video game, <laughs> when they give you the, a female you companion, say- you're almost supposed to immediately be like, you- oh, I'm supposed to fuck this girl. You say that, CJ, but they do. There is a weird, like, flirtation layer that goes on as well. That is uncomfortable. I don't. I don't want to read into that at all. I'm just gonna say <laughs> we're gonna ignore that. It's fine in retrospect. They were trying to deceive us, I guess, as the audience, because I love it when a sure. game is like, "Fuck you, idiot! You thought you could trust us, the people making this game for you? How dare you!" How fucking dare you think that we wouldn't lie to you of all people? We hate you. Poof. This is why I have trust issues. Truly, just video games. But Elizabeth is, she wants to leave. And so she's like, Booker, Fair. please let me leave. But Booker's supposed to take her to New York. She wants to go to Paris. It's a whole conflict thing. It doesn't matter because they why work together. Why is she going to New York? Day. Because he needs to bring uh, her back to that's... get rid of his debts. Remember, he says, bring us the girl. We'll get rid of your debts. Oh, okay. He's okay. still on that. Okay. Forgot that part, honestly, but all right. <laughs> right. Yeah, because it's such a who gives a shit. But that's his that's his motivating factor. Um, right. but also, like, so Booker comes to Columbia to do all this stuff, and everyone knows it's him because Comstock, who is a prophet by being able to see into alternate dimensions, mm-hmm. knew this was gonna happen. He knew okay. that Booker was gonna come try and take Elizabeth. Um mm-hmm. Because he can actually see the future, yeah. kinda, and and also uh, in another really ham-fisted attempt to like do storytelling, Booker has a big AD that's like branded onto his hand, which is the name of his daughter, which was Anna Dewitt. And okay. so there's a there's a bunch of like propaganda posters that are like watch out for the false prophet you will see him by his unholy brand 
And then Booker's just like, oh, hey, that's weird. That matches my hand. How did he know that I was going to come here? And then you're like, oh, because he can tell the future. That's why. He's a literal prophet, kind of. Okay. So, sure. So that's where we're at. Elizabeth, okay. wants, Elizabeth wants to get out of there. She can't there. teleport because the siphon's in place. And also, there's a giant Does she fucking... know she has powers? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she uses okay. them. She can, like, yeah. see, she yeah, can, like I mean... see other places. Okay. Um, but yeah, she can't, they're also she can't, they're like, like running tests on her there and right. stuff. Oh, like, oh well, that's why she has the the the, Yeah, the Lutices are like using her as a as an experiment to like figure out how to perfect our this technology. favorite theme from all the Bioshock series: experimenting on children. Oh, on I, women. I will shout about that later, Fran. So <laughs> CJ needs to finish up so I can we'll spend go. a solid we're, twenty minutes shouting at you guys. All right, all right we're going. So. The, the other the other big thing that they have to work against is the songbird, which is a giant steampunk mechanical bird that keeps Elizabeth inside of her tower. It's that like seems it's like highly iron, convoluted. It's like irony, Fran, because normally birds are in are the, the cage, but oh the cage God. is the birds uh-huh. guarding it. But oh. Elizabeth is the bird in the cage. Oh my! Yeah, Isn't I mean that crazy? it is. Oh my God. It is also like visual stylings. It's a it's a big daddy, but in the sky. Right. You remember Big Daddy's friend? Wait, it's it looks that. like Big Daddy? It's, it's a bird. Kinda, it's, I mean it's got that like it has it has a similar visual styling, except it's a bird it's in the sky punky. instead of a right? diver yeah, under it, the sea. Yeah. Yes. It's like it's okay. like polished brass, but it's like a huge bird. It's not like okay. a big daddy. So it's just size. one giant bird, bird as opposed right. to the biggest big daddy. Yes, he is the big okay. daddy. And it is named the Songbird, and you have to figure out how to get around it throughout the game. Again, you're playing through the game. Everyone's trying to kill you because you're the false prophet, and you eventually come across uh, the rebellion. Because where, where does the, the rebellion da- come yeah, back into play you, again? You eventually meet up with the the Vox Populi and Daisy Fitzroy, and they all have plot lines, and you run into the. Uh, the Cornelia Slate guy, and he has his own militia that they're doing their own thing, trying to overthrow Comstock, and they have like a ceasefire with the Vox Populi because because everyone wants to overthrow Comstock and Comstock people together. Comstock's prophesized that uh, the the Antichrist, basically uh, the Booker Dewitt, is going to come and ruin the false everything. prophet. Yeah, the false prophet is going to come and ruin everything. And so they see him and they're like, finally, you're here. Let's go do an overthrow. And he's like, I'm not here to do any of that. I'm here to get this I'm girl and get out. Take her places. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. All okay. right, Fran, okay, let's okay. bring this. Let's, are we, are we ready to bring this stupid fucking story to a close? <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. What, is, is there something you want to say first, Ethan? I mean, I want to, I want to shout about the, the entire thing with like the Vox Populi and such. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So CJ has talked about some big, uh, like big points, but he hasn't really talked about like the flow of the game. Okay, so I okay. want you to absorb this early scene in the game here, Fran. Okay, uh, I'm visualizing because the the thing is that like as CJ as we described, this game is very much about like like racial control, manifest destiny, power stuff. Like there's horrible power structures here and abuse of peoples, and Booker does not care about any of it. Right. Yeah. Like, he's just like, there are terrible things going on in this, this city. I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, the very, at the very start of the game, you're, like, starting to sneak your way in. There's, like, a little fair going on in the city. And uh, you pick a, like, little lottery ticket or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you so you get to this big center of the fair and there is a uh there is a I believe a black woman yeah, I know that is tied about. up there yeah. and uh they call no, the it's number a, it's of a, your lottery it's a, it's an interracial couple an interracial couple that's it yeah oh. um and they okay. they take your lottery ticket and they say you won you get to be the first one to throw a rock at them and so they hand you the rock and then like you have the option of like because Bioshock was all about like, do you spare the little sister or not, right? Yeah. This one asks you, do you throw the rock at the interracial couple or not, right? Yeah, and Th this game no has a, no a matter morality choice system that's, do you want to be racist or do you not want to be racist? And basically oh every question is that, like is that. I, oh. Well, and the, I mean, the thing is that the the Booker as a character, like he doesn't care. Like he's racist. Fine. No matter which one you choose, uh, somebody grabs your hand and they see the AD on it, and they're like, "You're the false prophet." So your choice doesn't actually play out, right? Okay. Uh, but this this is the kind of racist world that that they set up, right? Where they're like, "Yeah, these people are so terrible that they would string up an interracial couple and stone them to death in the middle of town." Like. That's that's the kind of bad guys that we have set up, okay? Okay. Now that ma that matters because our character Daisy Fitzroy, remember? Yeah. Sur surprise, she did not kill mm -hmm. uh Comstock's yeah. wife. She was just made as a uh scapegoat. Yeah. So that surprise. He, yeah. <laughs> surprise. I, I kind of saw that coming. Now, all of this sounds like it is setting up a situation that is very anti-racist, right? There's like, look at these cartoonishly evil racist people, right? Okay. However, the way the story goes is that it it wants to explicitly tell you if black people had control, they would treat you just as badly as you treat them. What? Like that that concept that like white races have where they're afraid that if we treated black people equally or gave them power that they would abuse us like we have abused them they explicitly say yes that is what would oh, happen no. despite the fact that daisy oh, no. is made to be like that she is she is put into this position daisy is one of the primary villains of the game yeah. because oh, wait, she is wait. I think I've heard about this before. Yeah. Hold she, on. This she, is yes. triggering something. She, 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 so she ends up overthrowing the prophet, right? And then she ends up trying to take over and then starts treating people like shit, right? She's she's directly hindering your progress as a player. You don't want to help her because you just want to do your thing you're doing. And she's like, mm -hmm. no, we are going to make you help her. And because oh, we have the ability to have alternate realities where we can see how things play out, we know that if you help her do what she wants to do, she kills everybody. She kills Why like everybody. Why have I there heard is, this before? Because it was, because it was a big deal. It was a big deal when it came out. And oh. it's really funny because when it first came out, it was just set up that they were like, all these black people who live here are just waiting for the chance to brutalize and murder the white people that live here. That's what and people were like, currently that, think. 
Right. And then, like, people were like, that's a little bit problematic. So then they changed it to say, no, no, it's not that all black people want that. It's just that Daisy Fitzroy, the abused black woman, she wants that. She's a psychopathic murderer. Even though she didn't actually do that one murder, she's very evil and wants to use, like, racial oppression as an excuse to do her own oppressing. And it's just, this it's nightmarish. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> awful. It's it exceptionally is, it poor is storytelling. I mean, even if you had good intentions with the theme, the actual execution no. of this is the this is most awful. horribly ham-fisted attempt at storytelling I've ever seen. Oh, God. So let's, let us <laughs> oh, then God. mercifully bring this story to an end. And <laughs> I am, I'm sad to say, Fran, I am going to have to kind of start again at the beginning, but such, oh, is, the, such is the way <laughs> of the stupid time loop storytelling yeah, that they have insisted situation that I'm they sure. have insisted on on placing upon us so we'll get to this point so again despite daisy getting in your way despite the 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 military guy slate getting in your way and okay. um despite all of these obstacles you overcome you and elizabeth are grouped together and you decide we can get out of here but we need to work together and so they kind of do that. Basically, how did every- they figure out that she was his daughter? Well, so as we go forward, that's, yeah, very end. Oh, that's part of this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so it, as we oh, go, it's supposed to be a big twist at the end. Go well, on. yeah. So, like, that was Daisy, just like a medium twist. Daisy Fitzroy is like, we'll let you progress, but you have to give us weapons so that we can do war against so against that we the white can man. Do violence against the white man. Why again, didn't they and, just become boxers? And again. <laughs> Because they're white, they don't know how Fran to punch and kick that. good. Yeah, I Fran, thought they were Fran black. Can say that. They're black. Oh, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> different kind of colored people. But <laughs> but so they oh. they had they they attempt to get them guns, but they fail. Um, they just don't do it. And then it is at this point, both the storytellers and the character Elizabeth realize that linear storytelling doesn't matter or make sense. So why try to make it? And so she says, oh, no. well, I can just go to a different dimension where we did succeed at giving the weapons to, mm-hmm. to Daisy. And if we go there, we can progress further down the thing of the thing we were going to do. And so you just do that. She tell it, she opens a rift and she's able to muster enough of her superpower in order to send you guys to a version of reality oh, where no. you where you succeeded at what you were trying to do and so you get to keep going and you see that in this reality you're hailed as a martyr to the cause because although you died in this reality as Booker DeWitt you succeeded in giving them all the guns and stuff that they needed and so there's just a bunch of like bloodshed happening in this reality okay. but it's okay I- because you're moving forward yeah. So now you see this idyllic city that's now aflame, even though from a storytelling perspective, it's not the same city. They're two separate- Literally a completely different city. Storylines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as a, as a person who's making a game, you <laughs> think, think to yourself, this is very visually striking. People are going to love right. this. And, ag- and again, the beautiful city on high is burning because you set the black people free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, oh, no. it's, it's oh, fantastic. God. Oh, well, any- no. <laughs> anyway, you're the like, I do remember this part playing the game because the things that hinder you become 
so minuscule at this point because another thing happens that you can't progress. Did I watch and you then, play this game? Is that why so, I'm aware of this? No, there's no, no way. I watched this in the secrecy of my own one bedroom okay. apartment back when I had that <laughs> okay. in my studio flat. Okay. But like the amount of like the, it just becomes smaller and smaller. Like the things that get in your way. And then Elizabeth's just like, I just teleport us to a dimension where this isn't a problem. And then she just keeps doing that. And then she eventually does the thing where she goes a little too far and she sees future Elizabeth and future oh. Elizabeth is waging war against the entirety of the surface world. She oh, is absolutely, she's absolutely carpet bombing everything. I think you see her carpet okay. bombing New York in this one specific scene, but she Maybe is we shouldn't just, take her to New York then. Maybe that's she is a just, bad idea. She's just, <laughs> abs- she's, she's like an old woman now and she's like oh. fire bombing everything. Cool. And then she's like, Man, it's a shame I had to do this. You should really fix my past so that I don't end up doing this. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? So she sends you back to in time. To be fair, to be fair, the amount of outrage in a woman to be fair. could lead you right. to destroy sure. entire cities. Yeah. Well, she she sends you back in time to the like what you know as the present day Elizabeth, and she's with Comstock, and you're like Comstock. You're a dick. I hate you. You bash his head in a baptism chalice thing until he dies, oh, which again, okay. symbolism, because it's filled with blood, Fran, instead of baptismal water. And he's the like baptized one. Happen. Yeah, okay. it's kind of, it's like the famous I feel like scene. I saw this cutscene. It's like it's the, fine. It's, it's it doesn't matter. Different, it's like different the, universe. Different it's universe, like the famous Fran, scene. I don't know. All right, Fran. This I, all matters so little. It all matters. Fine. It all matters so little. Okay. Fran, I'm sorry, but I've deceived you slightly. Oh, is there an, an actual twist? There's there's one more twist. I mean, Elizabeth being his daughter is already supposed to be a twist, but that was gonna get that was you, pretty fucking. Okay, we, we were gonna we were gonna bump you, into that at one point anyway. Yeah, you you didn't get to the part, so I do. I want to just lay it down here. Remember, we were asking how Elizabeth has her magical powers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we learned so that when now. Yeah, when <laughs> she was when she was stolen from her original baby dimension, yeah. the portal closed, leaving a little bit of her pinky in that dimension. It chopped okay. her pinky off. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I guess because a little bit of her pinky exists in another dimension, uh-huh. she now has dimension powers. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's just that's, how you know. You know that's how pretty when you, standard you sci-fi know, bullshit to me. You know I'm how not when your hair comes out that. in the shower and it gets in the drain, and then you have drain powers your whole life. Yeah, it's kind of like that. No, I just that was one of the theories in my head that she got it because, like, as she was being sucked through, she somehow absorbed some of the portal energy. It was. It's dumber right. than that, yeah, friend. Her literal pinky finger gets cut off. Right, hey, and even though there's like a bunch of other people who go through portals who are surely leaving bits of themselves, yes, like hair and such, like in other yeah. dimensions, hair is that supposed doesn't to come ca- off your head eventually. It's we cut it. Like that's <laughs> that's a part that's supposed to come, to come off. Apart. Your pinky's not supposed to come off. So it's, it's like if it you lost a baby sense. tooth. The baby Maybe tooth it's, is it's just fine. It's just proportional it's to the amount that you lost. <laughs> wait, 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 if you lost like wait, a whole hand. Wait a minute, Fran, are you suggesting that if one of her baby teeth? was in another dimension, it wouldn't work. Yeah. But if an adult tooth was no, in another that's dimension, not, that, then it would. How would the yes. dimensions know <laughs> the difference between the teeth? They're both teeth. Baby teeth are obviously different Genetically than Genetically identical to the original <laughs> teeth. Why do the baby ones fall out, CJ? Oh my God, Obviously different. No, I'm with, I'm with Fran on this. 
anyway, don't... get get to the get to the big twist. Get all to right, the big twist. Right. Oh, that wasn't so, the twist. This is well, just so, okay. that's no, just suspending the, disbelief. So what that. I've deceived you about is yes, Elizabeth has been missing a bit of her pinky throughout the entire game. Oh. It's a plot point oh, no. that comes up every once in a while. If but she that, finds it, does she lose her powers? Well, Fran, here's what's gonna happen. All right, you've just beaten Comstock to fucking death. Okay, yeah. and then Fuck that after after you do so. Elizabeth is like, wait a second. You know something about why my pinky's missing. And he's like, what? No, I don't. I just met you here or whatever. And then she's like, no, 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 no. Something's not adding up and I don't know why. And then she's, she like has an epiphany and it's just the dumbest fucking shit. And there's this, there's (laughs) been this like reference to like bird cage and cage throughout the entire game which I said because of the lairs, like a bird in a cage. But then it turns out that the songbird is controlled by a melody that you play on a big organ. And if you type in cage on the piano, like C-A-G-E, if you play that melody, you can control big bird. And so she's like, hmm, it's weird that I can remember that now. That's actually kind of wild. I'm going to use my giant bird to blow up the siphon, the thing that's been keeping her not able to use her full powers the whole game. Cool. And, and so she does mm-hmm. that. And she blows up the siphon, and she right. is like immediately like, oh, I know why I know you. I, I can't believe I forgot this. This is crazy. I actually can see across all dimensions because of my dimensional power. You know okay. that, right? And you're like, okay. And she's like, look, look, let's go back to the beginning of the story and let me explain. And so you get this long sequence of explanation things where you just go through a bunch of magical doorways. And she just explains the whole plot, but the real version now. Mm. Because when- Best storytelling is when it has to be told to you and hand fed to you directly. Because when drunken gambling addict Booker DeWitt was in way over his head, one Robert Lutess, you remember him as one of the Lutesses, came to him yep. and said, hey, uh, if you give us your baby, we will wipe away your debts and it'll be cool, which is where the phrase give us the child and we'll, or give us the girl and we'll wipe away your debts come from. It came from this moment, not the other mm-hmm. moment when he was supposed to bring her to New York. Mm. What happened is the Lutesses figured out how to open portals between worlds and they started working together and working for Comstock. Comstock mm-hmm. used his ability to peer into all the dimensions to become a prophet and then also made him sterile and made him mm-hmm. old. Okay. And so he wanted a genetic child because he's one of those guys, right? He mm-hmm. wants his seed to, to blossom. But looking, in, looking through all the portals has rendered him, rendered him old and sterile. And so he's like, well, that's going to be problematic. But he goes, oh, to his, he goes to his lead scientists, oh, the Lutesses, and says, is there anything you can do to help me? And they're like, well, there's an alternate reality where you didn't look through all those portals and become oh, old and sterile. And <laughs> we could just take that baby and give it to Ten. you. And they were like, oh, okay, yeah, let's go do that. So the Lutesses steal Anna, who becomes Elizabeth, because as we find out, Prophet Comstock is an alternate version of you, Booker DeWitt. 
You were the enemy the whole game. Don't you see, cool. Fran? And then Elizabeth, yes. and then it shows where the baby's Shit. like reaching through the portal and gets their yeah. little pinky chopped off. Uh-huh. But then, yes. so don't you, you, do you see the clever bits now, Fran? Because no. the, the, so the divergent point in the story is when Booker was like, oh, I don't know about getting a Catholic baptism and starting over. But the Remember other version the did get- Fran? He oh. did get that baptism and changed his name to Comstock. He was and a so born what, again is Christian. Is that what happens when you become born again? He decided yeah. he wanted a new name, Fran. He did that. Okay. And so then the other guy was like, you weren't there at br- Wounded Knee, but, oh, he, but he was, was. it's just he his name was different. because he was old, because it makes you sterile and old, and old. We and said it mean, every time, it also make you and old, which is why uh, he doesn't look like you. He look like an old man. To be and, fair, a lot of old white men look the same. And so, <laughs> and so Elizabeth is like, you started this. You gave me up as a child to yourself from a different dimension. And that's why all of this is happening. And the research on me was why the Lutesses were able to help you look into the future to be a prophet, man. And then you knew the origin of my birth and Lady Comstock knew the origin of my birth. And she was getting more and more upset with having all this knowledge because she thought that that was a love child between the with prophet the and Lutess. No, because she's oh, white. Oh, Lutess. Okay. Oh, sorry. Because she has dimension. <laughs> because she has dimensional powers. So she was like, oh, you had an affair with the scientist who did all the dimensional power stuff. I'm going to tell everyone that that's not your real kid. So he killed her so she yeah, wouldn't tell it. That's correct. And then used that as an excuse to blame on the scullery maid in order to mm. initiate a police state that allowed him to rule for a thousand years. Actually, a thousand years. No, just like until 16. the start like of the years. game. Yeah, just yeah. for a while. Yeah, yeah. But it is. And then were you gonna were you gonna bring up the the series connection that like oh, isn't part of the yeah, plot, but it's Fran. just nightmarish. Oh, yeah. So how does this actually Fran. connect to Bioshock? The, other in, than the usage of children and women which is, for experiments. Okay, Fran. In the in the game, the yeah. Lutesses, <laughs> the Lutesses, from the Lutesses standpoint, uh-huh. they see Father Comstock getting more and more crazy and mm-hmm. wanting to like rule the world basically. And mm-hmm. they continued their experimentation on these like quantum entanglement things. Mm-hmm. And then I guess quote, they did enough experiments so that the Lutices spanned all of the possible realities and became as gods, which is why they're so annoying. And they just teleport through the whole game and give you exposition in riddles because they have become gods of mischief, I guess, via okay. science or some shit. All right. So they're in every reality trying to steer the plot of the game, you as the player. Whatever. Okay. Whatever. These tears in space and time, Fran, become mm-hmm. two-way streets, though. Because in the game, I didn't tell you that there are the actual game mechanics. We didn't talk about any game mechanics, Fran. But like in the other Bioshock games, you get magical potions that you drink that give you fire power and ice yeah. power and lightning power and stuff like that. Okay. Those are called vigors. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. okay. Which is different because yeah. if you remember the other Bioshock episode, those were called Adam. That was Adam. Yes. These are Vigor. Two completely different things. Okay. Or are they, Fran? Because the Finks, Jeremiah and Albert, were able to use these dimensional tears to just get a little peek into other dimensions. And in other dimensions, there's other things going on. Like in other dimensions, it turns out sometimes they like to build their city underwater. They don't, they don't need Sky City. They need Underwater City. And so they, they peer into the plot. They, listen, they use the interdimensional riff to listen to our podcast on Bioshock 1 and 2. <laughs> and they go, hmm, Yi Soon Chang, he's doing research on this thing called Adam and Big Daddies. What if we use that research and make things called Vigors and Songbird? Those things would be way more aesthetically pleasing in our little universe than to do the injection things that gross people out. They don't okay. like to stick big needle in arm. They'll just drink a potion now and it will give okay. them fire powers. So yeah. these, these finks have stolen the technology <laughs> between the realities when an actual, like, the, so the in-game explanation is Jeremiah Fink from Bioshock Infinite got in contact with one of the characters from Bioshock 1, Yi Su Xing, who okay. invented atom injections, and they collaborated together to create this imprinting process by which they imprint big daddies onto little sisters, which is yep. the same process they use to imprint Songbird onto Elizabeth, which is mm. why Songbird is her protector like a big daddy is to a little sister. And it's okay. also why they have all this futuristic technology because they got it from Rapture, Fran. It, okay. It is, but it's more all than right. that. Like, so at the at the start, <laughs> it is like, wow, this, this, they've, they've made like, they're like, we're gonna start fresh. We're gonna do Air City now. And then you start mm -hmm. playing and you're like, this seems like a lazy copy paste of Rapture. And then they were like, no, it's an alternate dimension Rapture. So it's, this it's is not lazy. This dimension's Rapture. <laughs> because as Elizabeth, so as Elizabeth tells you, she peers into all of the realities. And in uh, every reality, there's a lighthouse and a city and a mm -hmm. bad guy. And there's always someone who's trying to beat the bad guy. And then it turns out that someone trying to beat the bad guy doesn't bad have guy. free will or some shit. Who cares? Okay. At this point, we're just making up ways to tie in the games together because we made it to the end of the game and we forgot to tell you why it's called Bioshock Infinite. It's because there's an infinite Bioshocks. And so you think to yourself, oh, that means there could be an infinite number of endings depending on how racist I was during the video game. <laughs> Bioshock infinite endings. <laughs> and then Elizabeth, very confusingly explains to you that the reality of the Elizabeth where she was a dictator who decided to destroy the whole world yeah. needs to be stopped. Every Elizabeth agrees on this, including the ones doing the world genocide. I and don't know and, about and, that. And, and you say, but Elizabeth, everything's fine now. Look, I killed Prophet Comstock, the version of me that was a no goodin, and now you and I can be father and daughter for realsies, and we can start fresh. And then she brings you to the dimension between dimensions, 
where you see the starting area of every Bioshock game, which is a lighthouse. Remember, Fran? I said there was a lighthouse at the it's, beginning. Uh-huh. I and just want you to imagine, like, actual... You, you look down at your hands, and they are just big chunks of ham now. And it's just... That is your reality. <laughs> Force that you feeding it into you. And they're saying... <laughs> Don't you see, Booker slash Comstock? Although you killed him in this reality, there's an infinite, there's a Bioshock infinite number of realities where Comstock is still, his plan is still going, and there will be a Bioshock infinite number of Elizabeths who will do a Bioshock infinite number of murders. And he goes, "Okay. oh no, what do we do, Elizabeth? And she says, let me show you. And she teleports him back to the pivotal moment. That one tiny moment I brought up in the middle that I just glossed over where I said he was getting baptized in a river. Uh And Elizabeth says, this is the moment where evil Comstock was made and Booker DeWitt dies. And sometimes it's the moment where Booker DeWitt doesn't die, but still exists and becomes the protagonist to a video game. But if I kill you for some reason, the specific you that's you right now here in this junction point, we'll stop it all from happening. And in the final fuck you moment of the video game to you, it gives you the choice. Do you want to die or do you want to live? And while you're choosing which one you want to do, a bunch of Elizabeths come out of teleporters, all from different realities where different things happened, presumably more interesting endings where you got to choose (laughs) how you got there. And they all push you under the water in a forced baptism, killing Booker DeWitt before you're even able to choose if you want to live or die. And everything goes black as all of the Elizabeths start to disappear from reality. The sins of Booker washed away in one final baptism in a desperate attempt to try and theme the end of the game around literally anything. As it all cuts to black, credits roll. But then there's a behind the scenes where he wakes up and he's scared like he had a bad dream. Booker wakes up, he's like, oh, 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 what's wrong? And goes over to his daughter's crib where Anna is in the crib crying. And this is the ending? He still does exist? So it, you know what, Fran? That you're wrong, but that's a lot better. I like that a lot better like to Roseanne. just say it was all the game. The game designer, <laughs> the the lead designer, has gone on record to say he was in an interview, and they said there were a lot of people that were confused by the ending or wanted to know what the ending <laughs> meant or represented uh-huh. or uh, what. Just what do what? you you created this? What do you say? And that motherfucker had the audacity to look that person in the face and said, well, this whole game's about ambiguity and ambiguous outcomes and ambiguous <laughs> endings. And so I don't think any one ending is more right than the other. And see, so he said, so what was your intention with the ending? And he said, I don't know why my intention would mean anything to anything more to anyone than anything else. 
To which he might as well just responded, we didn't know what we were doing. We ended it right? stupid. <laughs> we ended it really dumb. And we were like, you figure out a story. We couldn't be fucked. <laughs> I... God, I wish that I was that interviewer at that time. Like, he really needed to pile that guy just say, all right, well, my interpretation is that this is a really bad and lazy way for you to end it. Do you have a better interpretation or is mine the most valid interpretation? It's like, so like the Lutices are like, like chaos gods. They're the ones who bring you into the story. They're your like narrator. They're supposed to be kind of your mm -hmm. constant companion as far as like, keeping narrative flow even though their very existence defies synchronicity and so the like the reason that you as the character don't remember all of the backstory is because you have played this game so many times and failed so many times that every time they try and like start it up again in their little experiment to like get you to run through this lighthouse this version you mm -hmm. like forget again, you like forget another part of your background to the point of when you as the player start playing, mm -hmm. you just don't have any backstory, which is why all you're left with is this vague idea of, I need to save the girl to get rid of my debts because originally they, like you knew, you as the character knew what happened to your daughter, you gave mm -hmm. it to that guy, but if they revealed the story too early, it wouldn't be that mm -hmm. interesting. So they had to give him amnesia and give him some dumb reason why he didn't have any motivation to be doing right. this other than this vague idea of I need to save this girl, which is because it's his daughter and he wants to save her. Like he has remorse mm -hmm. over what he's done, but he, he forgot that over time. So now he just thinks but he's being paid mm -hmm. to do it. Isn't there technically a universe where his wife didn't die That's in childbirth the thing, then? There's an infinite number of universes. That like, means why there's is an infinite number of universes where this doesn't happen yeah. anyway. Also, well, you see, that Fred, there's there's always a lighthouse, Fran. So even if that didn't happen, then the other is, oh, is good. Hold on. When did the I... baptism happen? Before he met his wife? Yes. After he met his uh, wife. Before. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it was after the wounded knee thing, and he was mm -hmm. feeling yeah. remorseful. Right. Okay. Got it. Fini Got it. Finish your last still question, like, Fran, and then, and then I'm going to There's still a universe explode. where his wife didn't die. No, she's dead in all of them. No, but but like there uh, technically yeah, is one. Well, okay. no. Yeah, sure. Well, whatever. I don't. Who cares? For, who cares? It doesn't yeah. matter. That's the thing. For, it, doesn't it doesn't matter. These realities don't matter. We don't see them. They, they don't exist. Yeah, I hate. I, hate multiverse because you could just be like wow. here let me uh, it's uh, i don't know anything's nothing matters it doesn't matter fucking morty just don't think about it cj cj you're getting a little mad here i i assumed that you would this wouldn't come up in your in your research part so let me tie it together for you because please, i Ethan, i i knew yes so uh fran so you think it's to be mad now yeah, Ethan's yeah, so I get to be Great. mad. Yes. I get yes, to be Ethan. mad now, and I, I get to tie this yes. in a hideous bow for you here, Frank. Love it. Please. So, you might recall from our previous Bioshock episode, we had Bioshock 1, which a lot of people liked, right? Yeah. And yes. then Bioshock, Bioshock 2 came along. It was uh, written and made by a different crew, right? And... Mm -hmm. Some, pe some people say they like the gameplay, but overall, most people said that the story was not very good, right? And that it didn't really yeah. understand 
like what Bioshock one was doing. So with yeah. Bioshock Infinite, they brought back the original writers, okay? Mm. The original writers then stole the story of Bioshock 2 and retold it, but worse. If you recall, the story of Bioshock 2 is that Eleanor Lamb is a magical child who can save the universe, but she has two different parental figures who are each trying to control her morals, and in the end, the father figure makes a sacrifice for her. And then in this one, Elizabeth the Lamb is a magical mm -hmm. child who has two parental figures that are trying to control her moral universe, and uh -huh. the father has to make a sacrifice for her. And then, in order to explain why why they were so lazy and hackneyed in copying the previous game, they decided to say this is an alternate universe retelling of the exact same story, but worse. Don't you, don't you see? But fam? also there's in the sky. Always a lighthouse. And, and also in the a, sky. There's always a man, and there's always a city, Fran. <laughs> Don't you and see? And capitalism. And this time, the father figure and the bad guy were the same guy. The literal so, same guy. Whoa. So why, why were they so insistent on making real life events tie into this one? That's the thing. For, they could have like, used this as- Was there really as, any reason why? There's, they so, could have used this as like an opportunity yeah. to like denounce like these like American things. Yeah, or to yeah. like come up with anything. Because that's what I'm saying. Okay. Do, do you want to say something? Because I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to cap this off with just like a talk about the World's Fair, the thing that this is yeah, based okay, off. Of. Okay, you can you can go wild on it, but I'm going to tell you the actual reason, Fran. Uh, the actual reason is because the the writers of this game are okay. uh, smart. They're bad, but they are <laughs> smarmy early two thousand centrists who were very into the both sides thing. Mm. And in the original Bioshock, they were like, both sides on capitalism and populism. And in this one, they were like, let's go even farther. Let's do both sides on slavery and violent <laughs> uprising. Like, this is really sides, developed you know? by like, white men. Yeah, he's like, mean, like I listen, mean, listen, slavery was bad, but if we let the black people go, they will they destroy all that is beautiful too. in the world. Yeah, it's it's like, it is the most like hackneyed, oh awful 2000 centrism, like both sides nonsense. Like literally just that meme That's not real centrism, of like- though, is it? Huh? No. I mean, it's it's a it's American centrism. Is yes. it very much American centrism where like you have the KKK on one side and you have like Black Lives Matter on the other side, and there's like a centrist in the middle saying, "Well, both sides have some problems," you know? No, no, yes. those aren't equitable. There, well, that's how those we got an equitable comparison. That's, but okay, that's, white people. That's how we. That's how we got to where we are today, Fran. I, oh, I mean, God. in a lot of ways, these guys were like way ahead of their time. Quite honestly, oh, no. in like the worst possible way. It's like they opened a tear and saw into the future. Oh my God! It's they're just it's autobiographical. So I just wanna, I wanna, I wanna close this chapter of lore, you know, because I want to try and bring a an actual moral to this shitty story, and at the very <laughs> least, condemn the people who wrote this bad one. 
let me let me bring us much like this story full circle back to where we began because <laughs> I want to talk briefly about the World's Fair, which okay is back to I, the beginning. I think this is I'm going to I'm going to do like a little pitch at the end here of just like uh what I think a good story could have been because I'm for it because the World's Fair is like a very central theme to the game. It is the literal like. It is where the city comes from. I mean, it's it's no coincidence that the World's Fair, the the Columbian Expo, the in the Chicago's World Fair, is the name of the city, and it is very clearly derived aesthetically from that. So, to give you a little background about the World's Fair, they are these events, expositions that are supposed to like bring forth the best of humanity, right? They are about the the sciences and the progresses that we've made throughout the world. The Colombian World Fair was in 1893, and this is if you are if you're savvy with any American history was part of the gilded age of America where everyone was talking about how great it was, how but how there was actually a bunch of socioeconomic issues that were happening in the background no one wanted to talk about because well, it was the industrial revolution it's built on the backs of exactly of slave course. labor essentially yeah. and so that's where this ideal of the white city came from because these these world fairs are supposed to be temporary right they're expositions mm-hmm. they're like anime well, it's the whole expo. devil in the white city yeah, stuff they they yeah. it's like anime expo they're not there year round and so they would build these big pavilions, but these big pavilions are all made out of like plaster and stucco, which were all white at the time. So they had these huge neoclassical buildings, but they're all fake. They're just, mm-hmm. you know, they're plaster buildings that are supposed to look nice for the temporary time being. And mm-hmm. specifically the Chicago World Fair was inundated with a huge amount of African-American protesters talking about how there was a lack of representation of any Afro-American anything in all of them. And so outside of the fairgrounds, there were huge protests by black people who were saying, we're not being represented in there. And they were totally right. They were on purpose not being represented in there. The World's Fair are supposed to be these big, um, these big like shows about progress and how far humanity's come and like all of these amazing things we've done. And like, look at what science can do. Look what, look, look, look what can happen when humanity works together to create all these things. But the New York's world fair was during the depression era. They were trying to Mm -hmm. use it as an opportunity to sell things, to get people out of the depression. And so it became less about science there were there were prominent scientists like einstein during the day who was like we should use this world fair as an opportunity to discuss all of the scientific advancements and everything and all of the people who were funding it were like no we're not going to do that that's very stupid um we're just (laughs) going to talk about you should buy stuff just buy things consumerism Uh, make 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 it an opportunity to sell things and then there was another new york's fair only 30 years or so later which was very famous because it is where people like Ford and Disney Mm -hmm. and this other land developer guy named Moses all hung out and basically decided, you know what? We have a very specific idea for what we think American exceptionalism is, which is based on all these ideas of the World Fair, all these like 
the cloak of know. progressism and the idea that industry is going to save us all from being mediocre and all these amazing things when actually it was just, it was like a real estate scam so that the Moses guy could build buildings on the cheap permanent buildings, not just like the fake ones that they used to build, which is just an absolutely beautiful way to show how it's just a flashy way of trying to look very impressive and trying mm -hmm. to matter and mean something when in reality it's just a temporary piece of shit that just gets washed away in the rain eventually and has no lasting impact apart from people who already have ideas that line up with the thing it's trying to invoke in the first place and in a lot of ways this game is just <laughs> like that a shitty attempt to recreate a bunch of greek architecture that isn't even accurate that wasn't even real to begin with just a fake stage version of it and that is why i think bioshock infinite fails on basically every level and people who like it should really try to analyze it critically and think to themselves about why this is probably not a very good representation of something you want to be represented by. But oh boy, I can't wait till Bioshock 4. Yeah, well, you know, Did there's, a, get approved for there's a spiritual successor coming. I'm sure it's going to be great. So that's, I think, where we're going to end on a very sour, a very, like, cynical <laughs> note. Um, also, I mean, that's where we started. So I would be, yeah, I'd be remiss if I, if I didn't bring up the fact that, uh, the reason people like neoclassical stuff is for a whole bunch of really racist reasons also, uh, because of all of the cradles of humanity, the Greek one is the whitest one. And so they really like that stuff. It's back some, in the good for, old days, For right? some reason. That's the big thing. Yeah, if you mm -hmm. ever hear a person say that art is degenerate, Lizzie tells me that that's a Nazi term for basically calling all not-white stuff bad. So. Hell yeah. Here, here's, uh, here's where we are. It's, it's all very good. It all links into each other. Uh, just, a, you know, a nice little cherry on top for you there, CJ. The World's Fair's were started in the first place by Prince Albert because the United Kingdoms had just taken away all of the political power of the monarchy, but they were worried that the people would mm. also then vote to take away their money. So they did a bunch of, you know, fake mm. bullshit, uh, like public cool work are. stuff. Yeah, one of which was the, the World's Fair, so that people would say, no, we should keep the monarchy around. They're good people. They deserve our tax dollars still because of this. Well, all of this would have been great themes for this video game that just mm -hmm. never crossed the <laughs> people who made its mind. Not once. Um, I guess you asked me to rate this at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm yeah, 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 yeah. Um, based on a story alone, not great. No, Not would great. you? What would you? Um, if you let's let's pretend that these writers are your students, friend. What do you write on the top of this paper? Okay, so um, I score my students on one, two, three, four. Three is proficient. Four is Fucking mastery. Fucking schools these days. Got uh -huh, two uh -huh. is uh, approaching or developing, and then one is minimal. Okay, uh -huh. uh, and a zero is reserved for. 
Well, they didn't make a no, game. not doing it. Yeah, they did yeah, make a so game. We have to admit they made a video game. I'm going to go with... Um, I'm, I'm a, I can give it a two. I can they, see. I okay, can yeah, I can see a two. They attempted... Uh-huh. They attempted a lot, but they just weren't is, quite there. Right. And they is really this, this couldn't like, tie it together. <laughs> this is like a two, but also with a note next to it that says, let's talk about this See after me? class. Yeah. We're going to have to make a lot of revisions. <laughs> I, uh, like I said. It's like I, an overall two, but like there's a rubric where like a lot of the categories were like at a one, this you know, is, this but is like the, overall yeah. barely a two situation. Right. Yeah. I was, I was, like I said, I think this is the first instance of me not liking something going into the episode and then me liking it, it just got less worse. after it got I had worse. researched into it. So because I um I just I remember people being so excited for this game. Yeah, that's what gets like, me. It's like this is part. some people's favorite game or like at least favorite <laughs> Bioshock game. And it just oh, it's I, I I truly urge you to if if like a story <laughs> element doesn't make sense, don't assume it's just really good actually do the opposite and assume it's probably pretty bad. I'm a really I'm a really big proponent is. of the Elizabeth that just was setting the world on fire at this point. Yeah, I mean I feel I'll like that was an okay red. outcome. That feels like that's that's appropriate. I don't know why we had to stop God. that. I feel well, like it needed to happen. It's pretty it's pretty heavy when like you play through this game and then I look back and say, you know, Bioshock 2 did this a lot better. <laughs> yeah. That's it's rough. But that's going to be the end of this episode of The Lore You Know, guys. Thank you so much for sticking around, learning with us, laughing with us, loving with us, and, you know, sometimes sometimes hate us. on some stuff with us. You know, that's a lot of fun, too. Um, we want to thank Gailstorm Kitsune for doing the artwork for the channel. We want to thank Apajo for doing the music. That's it. I tell, <laughs> tell your loved ones that you love them, you know? Um... I uh I'm gonna have to think of a funny a pithy outro. As as usual, you know how we you know how we always get to the end. We definitely know how to end the episode. Um so I'll do I'll do my sign off slowly so that I can have plenty of time to think about it. And uh and then that will give me time. Okay, I think I've I think I've got it. Uh I've been CJ. And I've been Ethan. And I've been Fran. And my outro is, oh no, what's happening? Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> don't, oh. don't worry. I'm a different CJ. The ending was bad. So me doing this is actually better than the ending you guys were going to get. So just get out of here. Don't worry. Don't think I'm, about it. It it's does very work heady. because I'm you sorry. are part I'm sorry. engine and uh, part white. <laughs> I can't, I can't hear I'm you sorry, guys. CJ, I, but for this bit. you... You must die in every universe no! for us to be saved. <laughs> no!